If you brought a Bible, go please to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. As we begin a new sermon series in our celebration of the Advent season on expecting. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Did you have enough to eat? I thought you might. Praise God. Did you acknowledge God? Yes. Amen. Did your team win? (laughs) Can't say that very often, but now now's a good time. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews is in the New Testament. About midway through the New Testament. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the men of old gained approval. By faith we have the understanding that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that that which is seen was made out of things which are visible. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your great word and your great powerful presence in the person of the Holy Spirit. We bless you and we give you thanks because you are our God. We come as your children to the table seeking that we might eat and be nourished on the word of God and I pray that you would speak to each heart in a unique and individual way. I ask for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to preach the word with power and clarity this morning and I ask that in the name of Jesus And the church said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. What are you expecting from God? The Bible tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for. That word hope in our language is not quite the same as the word hope used in the original language. Uh, Today when we talk about hoping, we talk about a wishful thinking, maybe I hope these things will work out, I hope these things will happen. But the word hope that we find here in this passage relies more on another word that we use in English called the word expecting. Faith is the substance of things that we are expecting. The word expecting uh, leads us to a, an analogy of a farmer who goes out and he plants a crop. He lays the, the, uh, he plows the field and he plants the seed and then he expects the seed to grow. He doesn't hope or wish that it will grow. He has subscribed to the very basic laws of uh, nature, seed, time, harvest, and he knows that if he plants a seed, he can expect a harvest. He can expect that God uh, is going to allow the natural order of things to occur and bring about a blessing, a harvest for his life and for his family. That is the word that we see here before us this morning. Faith has expectations. Faith has an expectancy. Faith has planted a seed and expects a harvest to grow from that seed. And when we think about the Advent season, without a doubt, we think of a season of great expectation, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ 
to the earth was at a time of great expectancy for the nation of Israel. They anticipated and expected a Messiah, and the Messiah came in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. The thing is, with expectancy that sometimes if you uh, wrap around that faith the wrong uh, wrapping paper and you begin to expect God to do things the way that you would do them, often, just like the nation of Israel, you miss out on God's work. And you miss out on what God has done. The nation of Israel missed the coming of the Messiah because they expected him to look a different way, to act a different way, to talk a different way. And when he didn't come the way they expected, they lost their opportunity to receive him. So I want to burden your heart this morning with a word of encouragement about having an expecting spirit, an expecting faith toward God. Those who believe God and have taken Him at His word can say with the author of the, of the book of Hebrews that faith is the substance of things that we are expecting and the conviction of the things that we cannot see. Psalm chapter 5 and verse 3 tells us, In the morning, O Lord, you will hear my voice. How many of you can count, uh, can God count on you to talk to him in the morning? All right, that's a good praying church. He says, In the morning, you will hear my voice. In the morning, I will order my prayer to you, and I will wait expectantly upon you. Think about that. The psalmist says, I'm going to ask God for the things that I need and then I'm going to wait expectingly. I'm going to wait with anticipation because what I have asked of the Lord is so vital and so important to me. Faith then is the substance of things that we expect. Now let me under- let me help you understand this. You will not always get what you want. But you will most always get what you expect. So the things that you expect need to be the right things. You see, uh, sometimes we have people who have a negative expectation. They expect things to go wrong. They expect to die young. They expect to be um, disease ridden. They expect to lose their job. And then when it happens, they say, you see. I knew it. And really what is what's going on there is nothing mystical or magical about it. It's that whatever you set your mind on, your life starts walking towards that thing. And so you have to set your mind on those things that are above. Your expectations need to be on those things that are above. And when you begin to expect greater things, you're going to begin to walk in the direction of those things that you are expecting. The Bible says that uh, that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What is an expectation if not a thought or an idea? That's all it is. An expectation is a thought. And the Bible tells us that as a man thinks, so will he be. If you think always on the things that can't be done, you're going to live in the land of never have done. If you live in the land, if you live with the thought of what can be done, you're going to be able to live in the land of what has been done in your life by the power and the presence of God. So your expectations can be good and lead to good things, or they can be bad and lead to bad things. I heard the story 
about a man. He uh, had a flat tire out on one of these country roads, and he realized he did not have a car jack. So he, uh, in order to change the tire, he needed a car jack. He decided to go up to the farmhouse up the hill a little ways and ask for a car jack. And his entire way there, he started um, thinking about what the farmer was going to say. And he started to think, you know what? He's probably going to tell me no. He's probably going to tell me he doesn't know me. He's probably going to tell me to get off his land. He's probably going to tell me that I don't have... Um, that he doesn't trust me to bring uh, the, the jack back. He's probably going to tell me uh, that I, I, I need to um, get off of his property. And he gets to the door and he knocks on the door and the farmer opens the door and the man says, keep your jack. He never even asked for it. He created an expectation and he got exactly what he expected. Your life is the result of the things that you expect. Now listen, God will not do anything in your life, great or small, except through your personal faith in Him. God loves faith. The Bible says that faith pleases God. Faith has an expectancy. Faith has a desire and it expects to see God perform and do in his life what he has performed. So many of you, like this man, by the time you get up the courage to pray, you already decided that God said no. You already decided what God can't do. You already decided what God won't do. What you need to decide is what God has said and believe God to do what he promised and what he said he would do in your life. So first we need to know how does faith come? How is it that we get faith? If faith is so important to pleasing God and so important to success in our Christian walk, then how does faith come? There are three basic ways faith comes. Number one, we read about in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. Paul says to Timothy, you have that faith that was transmitted to you from your mother and your grandmother. And that's what we call relational faith. That kind of faith that you get from being related to and, and being in relationships with other people. Did you know that other people's faith will wear off on you? It will rub on to you. If they have a, a faith in God, that faith is going to get off on you sooner or later. And if they have a faith in, in, uh, the, in the things that can't be done, eventually that negative faith is going to get on you too. So you've got to be careful who you are relating with. When you have a problem... Don't go to people who know what can't be done. Don't go to people who say, you know what, my aunt got that and she died two weeks later. You know what, I had the same thing happened to me and I went broke. Don't get around those people. You need to get around some people that know how to believe God. Some people that have faith in God and people that can say, you know what, I was in a similar situation and God brought me through it. I was sick the same way and God healed me. The kind of people that know what God can do in your life. Do you have any of those people in your life? You, you can get that kind of faith that is related to somebody else. Some of you have your parents' faith, your grandparents' faith. But you see, that faith is not very strong. It's, it's got its great limitations. Because anytime you have somebody else's faith, it's real hard to win a battle 
of your own with somebody else's faith. You've got to have faith of your own. So there's another way that faith comes. The Bible says in the book of Romans that faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Now listen, faith comes through the ear. It comes through the spiritual ear. It comes when you and I receive the word of God. That's why it's so important for you to be in church and hear the word preached every single week. Why? Because that week you're going to need faith to get through that week's challenges and the word of God will produce faith in your life. It will produce faith in your walk with God. So when you get in the bind, go to the word. Before you go to your neighbor, before you go to your to your friend, go to the word of God. Get the word of God in you because the word of God produces faith. Hasn't it ever happened to you? You came to church stressed out, sick, bummed, maybe a little angry, and you got in here, and you didn't want to sing, and you didn't want to shout, and the pastor told you to raise your hands, you didn't want to do that either, and then you sat there, and you heard the word, and somehow, when you left the church, you left happy, you left encouraged, you left blessed, your spirit was built up and and strengthened. What happened? There was nothing in the physical that happened, but the word of God came in and built up your faith, and now you're ready to take on all that the enemy has to throw against you because faith comes by hearing. It doesn't come by hearing gossip. It doesn't come by hearing the news. It doesn't come by hearing the latest uh, story. It comes by the word of God. If there's anything you need in your life today, you need the word of God. Say that with me. I need a word from God. Now, the other reason you need to come to church on a regular basis, because if this is your home church, guess where your word is? Where? Here. God's not going to serve your plate at the other church. If this is your house, guess what? He's going to serve you at this table. Because he knows what you need. And, uh, and uh, so many times that word is just exactly what we needed to hear. You hear me preach every Sunday, but half the time uh, you're just watching me preach to myself. Because I need that word to build up my faith to go on and do the things that God has called me to do. And so it is that faith comes. And it, it, it encourages us when we hear the word of God. It comes by hearing. Number three. The Bible says, Romans 12, 3, that we have been given a measure of faith. Every single believer has been given a measure of faith. What does that mean, Pastor? That means that God has given you the exact measure of faith that you need in order to accomplish His purpose for your life. Do you think God measures things with, with accuracy? Do you think? Absolutely. God knows how much faith you need, and he has given you that measure of faith. So here's how it works with me. If I have a big project on my mind, a big idea, I get around some people that I know have a big measure of faith. Because if I get around the wrong people, they say, Pastor, I don't think God could do that. I I don't think God would would do it that way. But i got to get around some people that have the same measure of faith that I have. You see, you and I have been called by God as a church to be great, to do great things for God. And he has given us the measure of faith 
needed to do what he has called us to do. So don't ever say, I have no faith. Because God has given you faith. Say that with me this morning. I have faith. One more time. I have faith. What kind of faith do you have? Jesus told the disciples, after he had cursed a fig tree and it withered up and died, they said to him, how did you do that? He said to them, have faith in God. You know, in the, in the original Greek, what we could better translate it as would be have God's faith. Have that measure of faith that comes from God. That comes right from God in that moment of your need, in that moment of prayer. So when you are going to pray about something, I want to encourage you to slow down when you pray. All right. If you are asked to go pray for somebody in the hospital or you're asked to pray for a friend or, or a relative, take your time and get get in the spirit and get God's faith before you start praying. Ask God to fill your heart with his faith, with his power, because that's the kind of faith that moves mountains. That's the kind of faith that that, that dries up the fig tree. It's God's kind of faith, that faith that comes directly from God. So when you have faith, faith will produce an expectation. It will produce an expectancy. And, uh, and so I want to focus on this word expecting for uh, the next few weeks because I don't know if you know it or not, but you and I are in a church that's expecting. That, that was real weak. I'm going to try that again. Okay. I said, you and I are in a church that's expecting. In other words, our church is pregnant. God has given us something to birth. He's given us a vision to birth, a dream to birth, and we are expecting. Well, you know what? When you are expecting, life changes a little bit. When when there is a pregnancy in a home, life changes a little bit, doesn't it? Uh, Maybe it changes a whole lot. So what happens when you have faith? Faith produces expectation, and expectation requires preparation. Expectation demands preparation. Here's what I want you to know. Your preparation is proof that you expect something from God. So if you are asking God for a new car, but you're not cleaning out the garage, you're not preparing, therefore you have no proof of expectation. If you are pregnant, the doctor tells you and your husband or your wife, you guys are going to have a baby, and uh, he's coming in around about nine months, and you don't go home and clean out a room and paint it blue or pink and get a nursery ready and get a, a uh, I forgot the word, a kuna, what's a, a uh, a crib, yeah, you don't get a crib, and, uh, and uh, you don't get prepared. You have no proof of expecting. So preparation is the sign. When you start preparing, you're telling God, I'm getting ready for what you're sending my way. I am preparing for the thing that you are sending into my life. Right now we're renovating here at the church, and we are doubling 
uh, a little more than doubling the size of our nursery and early child uh, early childhood um, ministry. We're going from about 600 square feet to about 1,200 square feet. Why, Pastor? Uh, do you want one toddler to have a whole big suite to run around in? No, I'm expecting more babies, more toddlers, more families in the house. Come on, somebody. We are expecting, therefore we are preparing. All right, so let me challenge you a little bit. Uh, I'm expecting a new building for our church. That was, that was okay. That was okay. I snuck it up on you. I'm going to give you another chance. I said, I am expecting a new building for our church. Yes. All right. Guess what? Guess what? That building is going to require some funding. Therefore, you and I need to start preparing our funds. Because one of these days, Pastor Isaac is going to collect a mega, ultra big offering. And when we do that, we're going to push our faith to whole new limits. So some of you who have given, maybe your largest offering you ever gave was $500, uh, maybe $1,000. You're hearing in your spirit, Pastor Isaac's telling us to prepare. What does this mean? I don't know if it's going to be in the, in the month, in six months, a year. But someday God's going God's to come and ask us to give something. And maybe your faith's going to go to a whole new level. Maybe you're going to go to a $10,000 offer. No, no, pastor, not me. Come on, you ought to be signing up for that. What does it mean if you can give a $10,000 offering? That's a big deal. So if you are expecting that, then you need to be preparing for that. Now, some of us have been preparing already. We've been, we've been lining things up, but now I'm, I'm letting you know there's a baby coming. So get prepared. Get ready. What are you expecting in your own family? What are you expecting in your life? Are you preparing for that thing that you expect God to do in your life? If you are expecting to live, don't plan for to die. If you are expecting health, don't plan to be sick. If you are expecting prosperity, don't plan to be broke. Come on, somebody. Make plans in accordance with your faith. Make plans that agree with God. Now, expectancy not only produces or breeds preparation, but it also breeds participation. Now, I have never been pregnant, and you probably know that by now. And, uh, and uh, yet, what I have noticed is that I'm, not, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm just an outside observer, okay? So I'm stepping into ground that I have no... Uh, in, inside information on, but I expect that this is true. It is impossible to be pregnant and not participate in the pregnancy. Is that true, ladies? When the baby's coming, she can't say, honey, go on to the hospital. Call me when it's over. No. She is involved from point A to point B. The husband is involved. It is impossible to be pregnant and passive. I have seen uh, pregnant ladies, they don't ever seem comfortable. I feel so much compassion for, for pregnant women because they don't ever seem comfortable. Is that true? 
It's impossible to be passive. You can be dead and be passive. You can be satisfied and passive, complacent and passive, but you cannot be expecting and be passive. Expectancy demands participation. It demands involvement. So many people come to church with zero expectancy. They don't participate at all. I'm not talking about you guys. I'm talking about another church that I visited some time ago. But they come into church and they just sit there and watch. Let me just inform you this. I am not an actor on a stage. I didn't come here this morning for you to watch me preach. I came for, I came here to get you involved in participating in the work that faith is doing in your life. Why come to church and just watch somebody else get blessed? Watch somebody else get their blessing, their answer to prayer. Somebody else get their breakthrough. No, if I came to church, I came to get what God has for me. I came to participate and to experience God's work in my life. Why? Because I'm expecting. The moment I come through that door, I'm expecting God to speak. I'm expecting God to move. I'm expecting God to heal. I'm expecting God to save. I'm expecting God to deliver. Come on somebody. If you have an expectation, you have a participation. Expectation demands that we get involved. It's not passive. It demands I have to do something. Psalm 123 verse verse 2 says, Behold, the eyes of the servant look to the hand of their master as eyes of a maid to the hand of her mistress. So our eyes look to the Lord our God until he is gracious to us. What is that saying? That's saying in the ancient world, a servant had their eyes trained on their master. And by the very gesture of their master's face, they could tell what they wanted and what they needed. And they anticipated the thing that they were going to do next. They were watching their hand to see if they were going to say come or go or or they were going to request something. Friends, God wants us to be just like that, watching him. Watch his hand. Watch what he's doing. That's what expectancy does. It says, what are you doing? I'm watching. God is on the move. God is up to something. God is going to bring a breakthrough into my life. God is going to deliver me. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about a church that is wide-eyed looking for God's next move. I'm not going to miss this. I'm not going to be left behind. I want to see this thing happen. I want a front row experience. I want to participate. Expectancy will do that to you. Now, there are some people who have zero expectations. No expectations. Let me tell you this. People with no expectations should expect to receive nothing. Without faith, it is impossible. Not difficult. Impossible to please God. You realize how easy it is to please God? All you need in order to please God is faith. Faith attracts God. But where there is no faith, there is no expectation, there is nothing that can please God. They are, these people, they know what can't be done. God doesn't heal anymore. God doesn't do miracles anymore. 
God doesn't provide anymore like that. That's the way he used to work. They know all about what God can't do. What you need is some people who know what God can do, who have some faith and some expectation in God. The scripture said that when Jesus was baptized, there was a voice out of heaven that said, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. What does that tell me about Jesus? That tells me that Jesus was full of faith. He had absolute, overwhelming confidence in God. He expected the Father to show up and show off in his life. He expected God to answer his prayers, to meet his needs, to heal the sick, to deliver the captive, and to fulfill his work and his ministry. Is there anybody in here that has that kind of expectation? Some believers have low expectations. They're easily satisfied with just getting by. The Bible said the man who was sitting by the gate called Beautiful in the book of Acts chapter 3, that when Peter and John walked by, he reached out to them, looked at them, expecting to receive alms from them. He was expecting to get a little bit of change, a little spare change from the apostles. Here were the apostles, the men of God endued with power to raise the dead and to raise up cripples. And what did they, what did this man expect? Some spare change. Sometimes I think that believers have these kinds of low expectations. They just want some spare change from God. God, if you could just spare a moment of your time. If you could just give me a little bit of your help this this week. And those kinds of people are going to expect those kinds, are going to receive those kinds of blessings in their life. This uh, past year at youth camp, uh, we took the youth to McDonald's. And uh, you say, why McDonald's? Because in Kennedy, that's the only thing that was open at that time. And uh, a couple of the young men were up at the, at the counter at the same time. I said, guys, order whatever you want. And they both looked at me like, oh, no, pastor. I don't know. They must think their pastor's poor. Not, oh, no, pastor, please, no. I said, order whatever you want. One of them had low expectations. He said, I'll take two uh, Two uh, items off the dollar menu. I thought, dollar menu? I am the pastor of Kingsway Church. Don't order off the dollar menu. The other guy ordered a, I don't know, a a triple something with a whole lot of other things. And uh, I thought, that's the kind of guy God is looking for. The kind that says, you know what? If God can do it off the dollar menu, God can do it off the big menu too. God is able. So don't have low expectations. Others have the wrong expectations. They expect things to be easy. They expect God to answer on their schedule. They expect God to answer in their way and in the form that they plan. And so their expectations are wrong and they inevitably lead to disappointment. Not because God is not able, but because they want God to do it their way. If you will just liberate God to do it His way, you will be astounded at what God will do in your life. Now, what we want is not no expectations or low expectations or wrong expectations, but we need great expectation. Why? Well, number one, because we have within us the Holy Spirit. How many of you have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you? 
If you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of you. And listen now, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit is a spirit of faith. That means that if you have no relational faith, if you haven't heard the word, you have no faith by hearing, you have no measure of faith, that there is still within you the power of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will produce faith in you. The Holy Spirit will activate faith in you that you didn't even have on your own. That's God's kind of faith. So our expectation can be great because the Holy Spirit is a spirit of faith. Our expectation is great because the Bible tells us that our God, our promises from God are exceedingly great. Listen what, listen what the first Corinthians chapter two, verse nine tells us. It says, whereby we have been given exceedingly great and precious promises. Second Peter chapter one, verse four, exceedingly great and precious promises. So listen, if God's promises are exceedingly great, then our expectation of God should be exceedingly great. Are you with me? Listen, that word exceeding in the New Testament is actually the Greek word megatosis from which we get the word mega. What is the writer literally saying? He is saying that God has given us mega promises. He has given us mega promises, exceedingly great and precious Promises. If God has given me a mega promise, then I ought to expect God to work in a mega way on my behalf and in my life. That God is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that he, that I could ask or even imagine. The Bible says that the eye has not seen nor the ear heard nor has it reached the imagination of man what God has prepared for those who love him. So get your expectations up because God has given you you mega promises. He has given you an incredible reason to expect great things from him. You go to his word, you find his word on a particular promise, and you go to God in prayer, expecting God to work in a big way on your behalf. Your expectations need to be great toward God. God honors that kind of expectation. Our expectation should be great because God is good and he has promised us his goodness. We can expect good things from God. In fact, we can expect the best things from God. Look at what Hebrews chapter 6 verse 9 through 12 says. It says, but beloved, we are convinced of better things concerning you. You realize that the word of God says, I am convinced of better things concerning you. This has been a promise that has rolled around in my heart every day since I have been the pastor of this church. That God has been saying to us, Isaac, I am convinced of better things concerning Kingsway Church. I don't know where you are right now, but God says that he is convinced of better things for you. Come on, somebody. I'm not talking about God is saying you're just going to get by. He's saying there's better things in store for your life. There's better things in store for your marriage. God says, I am convinced of better things concerning you. The things that accompany salvation. Listen. How great is your salvation? 
How great is your salvation? Have you ever thought about what it means to be saved? It is the most extraordinary thing to be saved. To be given the the person of Jesus as your Savior. When we were saved, we were given the best Savior. Not just a get-by Savior. We were given the best Savior. We were given the best name. We've been called a Son of God. We were given a, the best position. The Bible said that we were seated with God, with Christ in heavenly places. It's an extraordinary thing to be saved. How many of you are saved and you know it? I'm not talking about you're saved and you hope. I'm talking about you're saved and you know it. Come on, tell me if you're saved and you know it. That is an amazing thing, to be saved. But the Bible says, I am convinced of better things Concerning you, the things that accompany salvation. You know this? When salvation comes, it doesn't come alone. When salvation comes, it doesn't come alone. It comes accompanied by all of the precious promises of God. When you got saved, healing was in the package. Peace was in the package. Joy was in the package. When you got saved, provision was in the package. Prosperity was in the package. Come on, somebody. When you got saved, there were many precious things that accompanied that salvation. And he says to us, I am convinced of better things concerning you. Those things that accompany your salvation. Therefore, he says, through faith and patience, you will inherit the promises of God. Your expectations can be great because God expects better things for you. I don't know what tomorrow holds for you, but if you're in Christ, friend, you can expect better things. I don't know what next month holds for you, but if you're in Christ, you can expect Better things. Maybe it's been a long road of bad and, uh, and low, low-lying circumstances. But God says, I have better things for you. So get your faith up. Get your expectations up. Look at God and see all that he can do and has done and realize that you are on his side and he is on your side and that he is, a, he is looking toward you to fill your life with his goodness and his grace and his mercy. So don't be sluggish about the promises of God. Don't be sluggish concerning your preparation and your participation. Get involved all the way with God. And expect God to move. So I'm going to ask you a question this morning. What are you expecting? Are you a no expectation Christian? Or a low expectation Christian? Or are you a great expectation Christian? One who says, I know that God can do the things he promised me in his word. I want you to stand with me this morning. All over this room, just bow your head in prayer. Position your heart to believe God. Position your heart to trust Him this morning. Listen to His voice. Listen to Him speak to your heart this morning. As He says to you, 
you can trust me. And you can expect good things from me because I am your father. I am your God. And I want you to walk in my blessing, to walk in my love, in my favor, in my light. Father, I thank you this morning that we have great cause for great expectation because we serve a mighty and omnipotent God who is able to exceed all of our expectations. Lord, we repent this morning because sometimes we put on you expectations of how you would do it. We lay those down this morning. We lay down those disappointments because we thought you were going to come in a certain way at a certain time and you came in a manner and choosing of your own. So we repent for those things and we say, God, give us your faith this morning. As a church, we want to have your faith to expect greater things from you and to walk in that might and power of fulfilled faith in Jesus' name. I ask you, Father, that if there's anyone in this room who doesn't know you, who is far from you, that this morning faith would draw them to the feet of Jesus. I ask you that in Jesus' name. Right where you are, just lift your hands. Lift your voice if you're expecting something from God. Come on, just activate your faith this morning. Activate your faith this morning. Father, I pray that you would fill the room with your faith this morning. Let us have the faith of God. Let us have the faith of God. Come on, this is going to be a little different than what you're used to. You're going to have to open your mouth. Open your mouth. Just begin to talk to God. Position yourself to receive from him this morning. Oh, holy God, holy God, holy God. We are people come hungry and thirsty and longing for you to fill us, for you to satisfy our thirsty soul. Oh God, we know that the journey that is before us will be great. There is much work to be done. We, we desire, oh God, nothing less than all that you have for us. And this morning we engage, we participate. Come on, become a participant. Stir up your faith. Stir up your faith this morning.